he's shown up so much in my life that when I have doubts from a logical perspective, I still choose to believe because my experience outweighs my logic. Hey friends, I'm Ryan Channel, a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, encouraging other women to seek and know God and grow a deeper relationship with Him. Welcome to Wellness and the Word, a podcast helping Christian women create ultimate mental and physical wellness through meditating on God's Word to renew our minds, learning how to apply His truth to our lives, and taking care of our bodies the way He intends us to. My love for Jesus and my passion for wellness as a holistic health coach collide in this podcast that shares the gospel. Gospel literally means good news, friends. Don't we need more of that in today's world? I believe we all have a God-shaped hole in our hearts, and I want to point you to the only one who can fill it. Come join me and be encouraged as we chat about God's love and how to take care of you. Hello everyone. Happy Testimony Tuesday. I am so excited you are here to listen to today's testimony. It's really amazing and I just love my guest so can't wait for you to hear it. And before I introduce her, I just wanted to encourage you if you haven't yet joined the Wellness in the Word community over on Facebook, I would love to have you. We are going to be starting a Bible study together in just a couple of weeks and it's a really awesome Bible study. So please come join us. It's also a place where we are just creating community, praying for each other, and just overall, um, living life together like God wants us to do. He wants us to be together to support each other and love on one another. So join us over there. I can't wait. And if you haven't left a review for the podcast, please do that. Share it with others. I have a lot of great feedback and I so appreciate that. So I want to get this into the ears of others as well. So let's get started on today's testimony. I have Kirsten K.T. Willis on the podcast today, and she is so amazing. I actually found her on Instagram about a year and a half ago, and I just love following her. She is super inspiring. She's an amazing dancer and um, just such a light to the world. So Kirsten is a creative who desires to impact the world through empowering others to live out their God-given purpose. She has been a professional dancer, choreographer, and teacher for the past eight years. She has danced for the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury for five seasons, been in commercials, TV, videos, and various showcases. As a teacher, she has taught all over the Phoenix area between different recreation centers, studios, after-school programs, high schools, and dance conventions. She received her bachelor's in arts administration from Arizona State University, and Kirsten has always been passionate about youth, arts, and her faith. She spent two years touring across the country as an urban missionary, doing school assemblies, tackling issues such as bullying, suicide, domestic violence, and broken homes, just to name a few. 
She has also used her gifts to serve people in other countries on international mission trips. Kirsten most recently worked as a program coordinator and urban missionary for a nonprofit organization, Elevate International. As a program coordinator, she developed and expanded programs to reach and empower youth and young adults through the arts, as well as directing different creative projects and engaging community efforts. She now continues that work under a nonprofit she co-founded called Crown Collective. Please enjoy this interview with Kirsten K.T. Willis. All right. Well, welcome, Kirsten. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be on this platform. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited for people to hear from you and hear your story. I know I've been following you on social media for a little over a year and just love hearing from you. And I just think God works through you and speaks through you so beautifully. So super excited for more people to connect with you. So first, I'm going to ask the big question. Where does your story begin? And I know that is, that's a big question. So what do you have to say to that? Yeah, that is a big question. But luckily, I've been working on uh, answering those kinds of questions. So it won't be a four hour long answer. (laughs) Um, Where does my story begin? Um, You know, I come from a split family upbringing, multi-ethnic culture. So my mother is Native American, Hispanic, and Black. And then my father's Irish and Norwegian. They split when I was about, when I was in kindergarten. Um, But I stayed with my mother, even um, though I predominantly look on the outside, more like my dad's side of the family. Um, So that was really interesting growing up because I identified culturally with my Black and Native family more than I did my father's side because we hardly ever were around them. They were from Minnesota. Um, And I used to go back to Oklahoma every summer and spend time with my mom's family. And I would get picked on all the time and just Mm -hmm. like not really having a confidence in, in in who I was or knowing where I fit in. And that played into school as well, because I also like got bullied in junior high school. Mm. Um, And, you know, it just, it was like a a caveat to a thread that, that came in different waves throughout my life. But um, besides that point, my mom um, always had us in church in different capacities. So sometimes we would go every week and then sometimes we'd stop going, but like I'd always, see like the Bible in my mom's bathroom. Um, And there was like a precedent there. And I remember being a little girl, like just having this like desire to know God and serve him. Um, We lived in apartments for a very long time. And, uh, you know, like, which is so, so crazy. I don't know how it is now, but I loved being able to be around kids all the time. And I was really creative. I had a desire to dancing, act, and um, my parents had a, a camcorder. Um, it was like one of the bigger ones that you had like to hold and stuff. Yeah. And I would write out little scripts and I would like cast the kids in my apartments. I'm like, you're going to play this and you're going to play that. <laughs> um, and then I also like, there was a gazebo in our backyard, like the courtyard of our apartments. And um, I would act like I was preaching (laughs) I'm not so sure how my theology was at (laughs) that time you know but 
it just like, as I look back now on the desires of my heart, the things I was interested in, the things that I was doing, um, it, it gives evidence to the things that God has placed within me and to do, you know? So where it started, was just kind of, um, this God's always been in the picture mm-hmm. in some form. Um, and there's also been a lot of different parts that play into my struggle with like really knowing who I am. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll start, uh, start there. Yeah. I know you were kind of talking about that on one of your IGTVs recently was the identity piece. And mm-hmm. I think you talk about that quite a bit on your social media. And I really resonate with that for sure. And I think that's where most people struggle is we don't, we look for our identity in the world or in other people. And if you don't know God, then that's what's going to happen. But once you know Jesus, it's like the game changes, right? Yeah, for sure. So what were you trying to do in your life that didn't work? Um, <laughs> depend on myself, try to figure it out on my yeah. own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I said, I had a, I had this, this, this knowledge and desire to live for the Lord, but I really didn't know what that looked like. So even though there were times where I was going to church or when I was like 13, I got really involved in a youth group, which is where like, I'd say my, um, my relationship really began to strengthen where I was just like on fire for Jesus and people at school knew, knew that about me. Um, but I got to this point where I had let things that had happened to me and specifically even with church, um, being disappointed by the church, being hurt by the church, um, where I walked away from the church, not from my relationship with God, but from the church. Um, and in my early twenties, I was definitely a socialite. I was going out all the time. I had, I had started getting attention, um, that I wasn't used to before because I was always kind of like a tomboy. Nobody was checking for me, you know? <laughs> and so when I started going out, they were like, oh, who's this cute girl? And I'm like, oh, you think I'm cute? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it was just like, oh, wow. Like, I'm feeling this, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and Back so- to that identity, right? Right. And I still like, to be honest with you, I'd be at the club be like, yo, y'all want to go to church tomorrow? Like (laughs) I was, I was still like, it never left, you know? Um, but I definitely allowed myself to be in compromising scenarios, not saying like because of the club, but just like the environment that I was in and like being compared. And then like, you slowly let different, um, things get into your mind. And I, I got in a relationship, um, that just ended up being, a spiral down for me when you talk about someone who already was struggling with identity um, and then being in a toxic relationship with somebody that was extremely manipulative um, and emotionally abusive. Um, And I lost my virginity at that time, which is something that I had planned on waiting till I was married. And so emotional ties, soul ties, like all of that came into just like you, I went from being this like, you know, assumed pitch perfect or picture perfect girl who loved Jesus and was very adamant about it and was like, you know, a basketball player and a dancer and in Stuco, you know, from high school mm-hmm. and then transitioning to college and being like, you chose who? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, 
what? And it just like being like, who the heck am I? Right? Like, I would have never have thought in a million years that I would be in a predicament where I'm in an abusive relationship. And there was some physical altercations, but it, it wasn't, a lot of people don't understand that abuse is, um, is, comes in a variety of different forms. So it's not just physical, it can be emotional, mental, you know, and you, when you don't realize that, and also with the aspect of being a believer and loving God and loving people, mm-hmm. you um, are optimistic and you, you really want to believe that people can change, which they absolutely can, but it's mm-hmm. not your job to do that. And they have to want to do that. Um, and so I just got to a point where I was like, okay, Lord, like, you know, that I love you. And, um, you know, I keep trying to live my life um, figure out different things, but it's just not working in my favor. Um, and I just, I surrender, Mm. you know? So what wasn't working was me trying to depend on myself. So do you feel like, was that, was that relationship hard for you to leave? And I don't know if you want to go there or not, but did you feel trapped or did you feel like God was with you during that time? I mean, he's always with us, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And he allows us to go through things. Um, It was hard to let go. It was off and on for years. So even after I experienced I mean, girl, at some point, maybe I'll write a book or do a movie because there was some for (laughs) sure movie scenes up in there. Um, but I, you know, and I'm, I've, I've recently been able to kind of sift through this in my internal work. Um, I realized I was trying to make it worth it. Right. So specifically pertaining to the aspect of like my virginity, you know, like that's something that I very much, um, held at a high place in my life. And it was like, okay, well, if I've given it away, then at least if I, if I end up with him, like, you know, if everything works out, he gets his stuff together, we get married, at least it will be worth it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I was trying to wait for that to happen. And, you know, you just, I was young and naive and he was a, a lot older than me. And so it took a while to finally get to a point where it was like, this is not for you. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you do, until he wants to change, it's going to be the same repetitive cycle. So, um, yeah, it was hard for me to to leave. Um, God definitely was with me, you know. Um, God did some miraculous things in my life with, you know, having a sickness and being healed from that. And that went on to um, give me a platform to share on a variety of different levels um, through ministry work that I've done over the years of just talking about what we're talking about now, going through a toxic relationship and then God still being in the miracle business, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, yeah. So what would you say to someone who is in that cycle and they're trying to make it worth it? And I think, I think a lot of us can relate to that in different aspects. It could be relationships. It could be maybe a job or just any, anything in our life where we're trying to 
push forward and God is probably over here like, I'm trying to give you an out and we're not taking it. So what would you say to someone who is trying to push something forward and they feel like it's not working out in their favor? That's a really good question because it's, it's very hard to discern sometimes because if we think about just like the idea of success and chasing a dream or a vision, the, it, you're going to have struggles and trials and obstacles that you have to stick it out through. Mm-hmm, and so yeah. it's like, okay, when is it worth it? When am I supposed to stick it through? When am I not? And the best thing that I could say in advising people is to really take time for yourself to get away from everything all the distractions, all of that, so that you can really sit with yourself and think through, is this something that is going to be beneficial for my life and for what God has called me to do, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And is that like, and then just praying and laying it before the Lord, like, Lord, are you, is this something that you would have me endure, right? Or um, is this something I'm choosing? And as you mentioned, like the Lord always provides a way of escape. Like that's mm-hmm. in, in the Bible, right? When it comes to temptation, all like there's always a way of escape. Um, and there are, there are, there's a variety of different factors. And so I can't say that there's a one size fits all. Right. Um, that's why I would say like the best thing you can do is remove yourself for a time. Um, whether it's like going up north or, you know, maybe you can't go that far, but you just go to the park for a day, you turn off your phone and like, you really just go before the Lord and be like, I don't know what is going on. I, I, I can't figure out what this is, Lord, but I know that you know, and I know that you speak to your people. And so please speak to me in a way that I would have um, confidence in moving forward or staying. And the Lord is so, um, so good and so intentional that he speaks to us in ways that are, are valid to us, right? Yeah. He's not restricted in, in one avenue and he knows you and he knows mm-hmm. what makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. And so how he speaks to me may not be the same way he speaks to you, but you'll know, you will know. And that's, it's kind of like, okay, what does that really mean? But a lot of people, like when you say that, they're like, oh, you know what? You right. Cause I do know it's like this inner feeling that you really can't describe Um, Or a lot of people say like, something was telling me, something was telling me that's the Lord. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. And I think that's a good point is like getting alone, being still, because often we go to other people for Mm -hmm. advice or, and sometimes that's what we need. Sometimes that's what God will provide, but we also need to look inside and to God, not to only to the people around us. So I really like how you said that. Um, yeah, that's a really good point before we move on is yeah. that, um, especially as believers, we have to get in a, a routine and a repetition of understanding that God is first, mm-hmm. but not only. And that sounds really weird when I say that, but what I mean by that is that God should always be the first person we go to. He should be our main source of connection, but knowing that God has provided us tools in other people. And he's said that in his word, like within community, like we are a body without my hand, I'm not a full, fully functioning person, you know? So like go to God and don't be afraid of therapy. Don't be afraid of counseling. Don't be afraid of godly wisdom of people. And it's important that you understand who you're going to, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going to somebody that's in the same situation, they're probably not going to be able to tell you wise counsel. Mm -hmm. But if you go to someone who's older and that has 
been experienced and come through victories in that, then um, it, that's, that's really important to do as well. Yeah, I love that. I have never heard of that. And it, it reminds me of iron sharpens iron, right? Exactly. So I love that. That's good. So what was the turning point in your relationship with God? So um, in 2013, uh, that's when I really like fully surrendered my life and my plans and where I was talking about earlier, where I was like, okay, like I keep trying to figure these things out, but I'm just obviously not doing a good job. Um, I had gotten in another relationship with a very amazing guy, but my mindset was still, um, you know, filled with residue from the first relationship that I had. And um, at that time, I was actually like living life. <laughs> um, I was doing really well in my professional dance career. I was getting ready to graduate from ASU. I was going to move to LA and pursue my dreams with mm. um, dancing and getting into the industry um, on, a, on a new level. But I just was like, God, if this is not what you want from me, I don't want to do it. And so I came to a point where I surrendered my desires. And I was like, God, whatever you want me, want me to do, I'm going to do it. And as they say, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> so um, this opportunity um, was presented to go on an urban mission tour, uh, touring, um, touring year with a group of other artists. And when I sat down with the, the visionary, with the founder, and she just explained her vision to reach the, the younger generation, the youth, um, with the gospel through the arts um, and by telling our stories. And I was like, yo, this is everything that I've ever wanted to do. Um, now this means I'm gonna have to give up a lot of stuff uh, but let me pray about it. Mm -hmm. So I prayed about it for a couple months, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I think honestly, if I remember correctly, I was either the last one or the second to last to finally commit to the, to the team. Mm. Um, but I'll never forget going. And again, ask the Lord and he will provide. Yeah. I went and I was like, God, I need confirmation. Like I got to know that this is from you. And I, my friend had invited me to her church and the pastor was a former NFL, um, uh, player. And he, that day had talked about um, when God had called him to leave the NFL and go into ministry. And at that time I was dancing for the WNBA and the NBA. Mm. And even though it's different sports, I knew God was telling me like, yeah. yes, I'm calling you to leave this and go into this missionary work. Um, and I did that for two years. And it's, I, I always describe it as the best and hardest thing that I've ever done in my life. Um, it was healing in a different way to be able to tell my story over and over again, and then connect with other people who, um, had similar stories and get to pray with them and get to tell them like, yo, there's hope. There's more than what you think. It's not over. Your life's not over. It's not too late to start again. Um, and then our directors and pastors were people that had also been in the entertainment industry that were serving the Lord and had so much wisdom and uh, really introduced discipleship, which is something that I didn't have any really clue about. Like you hear about the 12 disciples, but I mm -hmm. didn't understand discipleship right. um, until I lived it out because I was living with 14 other people on mm -hmm. the road um, and we were digging into the word on a different level. And so like, I really hone a lot to who I am um, right now to that season of surrender and obedience and learning through service. Wow, that is so cool. So tell me more about like, what, what is the urban missionary? What did you guys do? How did that work? Yeah, so it was, it was really cool. It was basically like we were undercover missionaries. <laughs> um, so, and me and my, one of my good friends were just talking about this last night. Um, 
because a lot of people are like, you know, they're, they're very reluctant to truly open it up when you're first meeting somebody. But for us, it was a variety of different artists from all over the country. We all flew in to Tucson, Arizona and met for the first time in that first week. We're telling our deepest, darkest secrets because mm-hmm. we had to create a show out of it. Oh, um, yeah. And so um, we created a 60 minute assembly based on our true life stories through the arts. So there was singing, dancing, acting, music, spoken word. Um, we had, wow. yeah, we had all the lighting and, and sound and we traveled to different high schools and would do these assemblies. So we talked about, um, it depended a little, it was a little different each year, depending on who was on the team. Cause again, they were true stories, mm-hmm. but we covered broken homes, uh, drug and alcohol addiction, STDs, um, uh, what's it called? Self-harm. Like there was a variety of different things that we were able to get into these schools because they were development, you know, curriculum oh, and okay. uh, like anti-drugs, all of these things. And what made us so unique is the fact that they were our personal stories. Mm-hmm. So the kids would come up to us and they were like, is this, is this true? And we're like, yes. And so it wasn't just some made up story. It was like, this is our real lives. Yeah. And that was so beautiful because people, like, especially young people, they don't want no baloney stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know? And so getting to, to hear and see, and then the arts are such a, um, a huge asset in being able to connect with people no matter where yeah. you go, whether we were in Compton, California, or Hemet, California, North Chicago, South Chicago, Mississippi, South Dakota, the message still translated because it yeah. was done through a way that young people can, can understand. And so um, obviously you're not allowed to talk about God in public school systems. However, there's a clause that if a student asks you about something, mm-hmm. then you're able to respond. So there was so many beautiful moments and uh, it makes me want to cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, where, you know, we'd be like, we had just finished doing our assemblies and we're like packing up and some kids would come and ask to talk to us and then they'd be like either they would ask for prayer or they would ask us like what what really helped you and then our real answer is God so then we can respond in that way and then uh you know pray over them literally like in a in a corner um in the shadow you know uh and we did do a lot of connections with churches so whatever town we were in, we would do a handful of um, shows at that local high schools. And then that Friday or Saturday, we would have what we call an after party where we'd invite all the kids to come and we would do another show, but it was different um, material. And then we would, we would have a lot of fun with them, et cetera. And then we would basically tell them like, look, what we didn't get to tell you in the assembly is that it was really Jesus that got us through all of these things. And if you really want, you know, to be, um, renewed and redeemed like it's Jesus and then we would get to see you know literally hundreds of kids come come to the Lord wow that's so cool what a neat thing to be part of and I've never heard of anything like that so that's super cool I like that yeah man it was a beautiful experience that's that's special so that's a beautiful experience what about uh, a harder time when did you feel the greatest doubt or distance from God Hmm. That's a great question. When I feel the greatest distance. Um, I would say that this last, this last year and a half has been pretty tough in aspect of 
still have already done all this missionary work, ministry work. And I know God, I've seen God come through in miraculous ways. Like I have stories upon stories that I could tell you where it's like, okay, that was God. Um, but you know, God has never intended for us to stay at one level of faith, right? When the word talks about like, um, you know, you're not babies anymore. You're not going to drink a bottle the rest of your life. You got to eat, start eating some solid food. Right. Yeah. And so God continuously takes us deeper and deeper. And it's so funny. Again, be careful what you ask for. Um, Oceans by Hillsong, uh, that worship song was like my theme song, girl. And I'm like, you know, on my knees crying, like mm-hmm. spirit where my trust is without borders <laughs> and it's like but do you really mean that oh my gosh yeah it do you yeah, really it's mean that and so that's what he's had me in um I transitioned out of a position for an organization that I that I thought I was going to be at forever and God literally told me um don't go get a nine to five and I was like what like <laughs> it's already hard enough to walk in as a, as a missionary. A lot of people don't understand the context of what that is. So I've had a lot of misconceptions Mm -hmm. about what I do. Um, and he was just like, just trust me. And I was like, okay, but look, Lord, I'm about to be 30. Like we ain't (laughs) 21 no more. Like, you know, et cetera. These people are talking about this and that. And he was like, just trust me. Um, and that was April of 2019. And literally that year, I traveled so much going on these, uh, these like faith trips of like asking God, like, Hey, what does it look like to have healthy ministry? What does it look like to be a leader? What does it look like? What is your church supposed to look like, et cetera. And getting these little nuggets. It was like a, like a, um, a treasure hunt, you know, is the best way I could describe that, that year. Um, I went to a conference. My first little trip was to, um, Portland, Oregon to go to a discipleship conference and I was like one of the only women there. I was one of the youngest people there. I was one of the only people of color there. Um, and here are these men with doctorates in seminary talking about subjects that I had already had in my heart. And so I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. <laughs> and um, just like the Lord helping me realize that I was doing, doing, doing so much in his name, but I was forgetting to like Andy Mineo, a Christian rapper. He always has this line that I quote is like, talk about you more than I talk with you. Mm-hmm. And that's so easy for us as believers to like do things in the name of the Lord, say things in the name of the Lord. But it's like, do you really believe it? And Jesus teaches that in the Bible. Like, um, you know, it's not about, he, he didn't come to abolish law. He came to fulfill it. And he checked the Pharisees because they had forgotten what the purpose was behind these laws. And that's how we're no different today. Like we talk about, oh, you should, you know, you need to do this. You need to do that. Don't do that. But like, what is, Jesus cares about your heart. Yeah. Your heart. You can do great and mighty things, but if it's, if your heart ain't right, it don't mean nothing, mm-hmm. you know? And so God was really just like reconstructing my mind frame and showing me those places that I hadn't fully let him in. Um, and here I am almost, almost two years later. So I guess we're like at a year and a half now where God, I have not went without, like my bills have been paid every month, whether it's a random gig or somebody blessing me or whatever the case is. And I've, I've traveled and now I'm living in LA where everything's more expensive. <laughs> yeah. And that's a whole nother thing about right. that. like the Lord called me to LA. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I'm here is because of the Lord. I had given up that dream a long time ago. I was, I was okay with, I actually love, I love Phoenix. I love, I've been doing a lot of work. I felt like I was breaking a lot of barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then literally the Lord, I was visiting LA. I was actually at Mosaic um, service and the Lord just spoke to me and it was like, yo, like imagine pouring into um, 
artist because I had met this this choreographer dude who is very well known and God just highlighted uh, highlighted him to me and was like imagine discipling people that have this kind of influence and I was like what no Lord like I ain't nobody like what I've did in Phoenix it's like you know uh, big fish small pond type mm-hmm. of thing and then LA is like yeah notion you know and I'm <laughs> like so I don't know what you're talking about and I was like if this is you you're gonna have to confirm again I'm telling y'all so ask the Lord he will do it mm-hmm. um I was like if this is you Lord you're gonna have to confirm it randomly three times and I'm <laughs> like I'm a science person some people don't believe in that I do uh-huh. um and he did in like some of the most amazing ways which you know um I won't share in detail just for the sake of time but he did he confirmed it and but but he only like would give me bits of instruction he would never give me the full picture or the fifth step and he was like literally like no like I'm having you trust me more than you've ever tried mm. <sighs> I'm a very emotional person I love it um, so am I he it was literally just step by step and it was to a point where I, I started getting like anxiety like real bad anxiety I was coming out to LA like once a month towards the end of the last year to try to like okay like where do I go when do I go because he told me to go but I don't know where I'm gonna go I don't know what I'm gonna do and um I remember having a really bad like anxiety um like attack and uh I went up to running cams like crying out to the Lord I'm like Lord I'm here I'm doing what you tell me to do but I don't know um and sometimes like the Lord doesn't speak but it doesn't mean he's not working. And that's the biggest thing that I've learned in this season. And it's just being patient. And, um, you know, again, going back to that time when I was on the road, I learned so many things that I I dwell on now. Like my director used to say, when you don't know, fall back on what you do know. And that is so, so, so pertinent to um, my life that I live. It's like, okay, well, if God hasn't given you the next step, just keep going in what he said. Because when, uh, when it's time to switch up, he'll let you know. If you start to drift, he'll let you know. Um, and again, mature, being mature. Like if you think about kids, like, you know, when a kid is little, the the parents are helping them learn how to walk or carrying them around, pushing them around. But when they get older, you ain't going to see a mom holding a 15-year-old. Like that would be ridiculous. No, <laughs> yeah. the 15-year-old needs to walk on his own two feet, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's what God does within our faith. And so um, I have had to trust the Lord in a lot bigger ways um, this past year and a half. So that's why I say it's difficult because he has told me to do a lot of things that don't make sense. Yeah. A lot of things that don't make sense. And it's really hard to defute, um, expectations from the world Yeah, of being a woman, my age, single woman, um, and doing some of the things that just literally everybody has an opinion about. And I've had to learn, how to really focus and I'm still learning this I'm still in this process of being okay with finding my soul validation Mm -hmm. in the Lord alone if this is what the Lord has told me it doesn't matter what anybody has to say it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else it doesn't even make sense to me but if this is what I know the Lord has asked me to do I need to walk in it yeah wow oh my gosh you said so many things there that were just incredible I love that I I I really love that the last year and a half has been like the hardest, you know, the, the greatest doubt because you're so far along in your faith journey, but like, that's just proof that it doesn't go away because you're always growing. Like you said, you, and thank God, thank God we're always growing. Right. Um, and talk, talk about you more than I talk with you. 
Oh my gosh, that was good for me. That was like a soul check for me because I kind of feel like that's where I'm at right now in my life. I'm talking about God a lot. I have the podcast. I'm, I'm talking about him a lot because I want to share him with other people. But I, right. I, I know I've been feeling that tug just even in the last week because life is just busy. It's full and I'm blessed, right? But I need to pull back and be like, okay, my, my mission is to point people to God, but I got to fill myself up with him first before I can continue that. So thank you for that. That was a good check for me. Shout out to Andy, Andy Minio. <laughs> so you talked about missionary and how people kind of can get that like twisted in a way, right? So what, what is that? Can you explain that for some people? Yeah. So mostly when people hear the word missionary, uh, a lot of people equate it to the Mormon faith. Um, yeah, yeah. And like Mormons are not the only people who do missionary <laughs> yes. work or they think that it's only somebody who goes and lives in a third world country. Right. Yeah. Um, and what I've grown to learn is in reality, if we want to get really technical, anybody who believes in Jesus is supposed to be a missionary to wherever mm-hmm. you're called to. Um, and that is something the, the church I was going to in, in um, Tempe when I was still in Arizona, they really like grounded that in, which is something I already had known, but it, it was like, okay, like I, ain't, again, I ain't tripping. Mm-hmm. Um, all of life is all for Jesus. Yeah. You know, so whether you are, there's like seven different pillars and I'm not going to remember them all, but like arts and entertainment, education, uh, the political and government realm, family. And I don't remember the other two, but mm-hmm. like God calls us to those pillars and we are supposed to be missionaries in that aspect um, of just reflecting God's light, love and truth wherever we go. Now, however, what I was doing was vocational ministry. So I was actually a titled um, urban missionary, and that is a support-based position. So I had to raise the money in order for me to do the work. So when I was on tour, um, you know, we couldn't work. We couldn't do, we were working. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that was one of the most frustrating things is a misconception is like people think like we're just asking for money to like go on vacation or like sit at home I'm like do you if you just mm-hmm. came like when we were on tour girl listen we were the tech crew so we had to, we had to roll in all of the equipment from the trailer set it up we would often do three or four assemblies tear it down mm-hmm. put it back in the trailer go to a church set it back up do it and then we're traveling and like it was work, yeah, okay? yeah um and then with the last organization, I developed a department basically from scratch, you know, so, and I didn't have anything starting off. I didn't have hardly have any help. So I was doing the social media. I was creating the content. I was doing the emails. I was creating the curriculum. I was going and wow. teaching. I was doing this. And so the best way I can describe it to people to help them kind of get an understanding is like, if you work a job, a nine to five job, you clock in at nine, you clock out at five, and you know that a check is coming because you put in your 40, 40 hours right. a week. Um, often with vocational ministry, you're salaried. So you're, it's, it's more than like when I was doing youth camps, there were times where we had, gosh, I don't even know, 75 hour weeks, I suppose. Um, and with a support based position, I am also responsible for raising the funds to ensure that I can do the work. Mm, Wow. And so people don't, that doesn't click in their head. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they just, they just hear they just see people asking for money. Yeah. Um, and I had to change. It was really hard. <laughs> it was humble. really hard. And I had to learn. Yeah. Talk about humble. Um, and really had to look at it differently too. And an understanding that it's a partnership. So people that were financially supporting me were in partnership. So anything that I was doing, 
they were like we talk about in God's eyes, they are just as responsible for the results of the breakthroughs with kids and yeah. you know the salvations, all that, because they were helping me do that work. Right, right. Um, so yeah, that's and thank the, God for the, those people who do like they know like I can't take the time myself, but I can support you. And that's exactly. awesome. So thank God for those people. All right. Last question to close it out. I could talk to you forever, Kirsten, but if you had to tell someone why you are a believer, what would you say? Hmm. That is a great question. And I would encourage everyone to ask themselves that. Um, oddly enough, it was an atheist guy who I was having a conversation that really challenged me and was like, why do you believe this? Is it because that's how you grew up? Is this because what your mom told you? And I was like, you know what? That's a very good question. That's when I started getting um, deeper into my studying of the Bible and like apologetics and whatnot. And um, in addition to like actually finding research and making my own decision about like, this is what I find truth in, is just like God has been so evident in my life that there's no way I can deny him. Mm. Not one bit. And when I have felt at my lowest, when I have had so many um, doubts and whatnot to, to feel a love, an unconditional love um, from God and to see the fruit of what he does, like he keeps choosing me. Mm. It's like, yo, I, no matter what I do, and, and honestly in my studies, because sometimes in your studies, things don't make sense. Um, he's shown up so much in my life that when I have doubts from a logical perspective, I still choose to believe yeah. because my experience outweighs my logic. Oh, so good. Yes. I love that. I, I think that's important because we can't always explain things, right? But we just mm -hmm. know on a deep soul level. And when you have that experience with God, which we pray everybody gets, you just know, even when you were talking, I just had like this gut feeling. Sometimes I get full body chills, like, but right now I just had like this gut feeling when you were talking. So that's amazing. All right, Kirsten, where can people find you and connect with you? Because I love following you and I love watching you dance and just share. You have a, a wonderful way that you speak about God and share him with others. So where can people follow you? Well, thanks girl. I appreciate you so much. Um, I'm really active on my Instagram, which is uh, K, D as in dog, O as in Oscar, T as in Tom, E as in Eric, E as in Eric. Now that I've been on the phone so many times, I'm like, you got to sound it out. Yeah. Um, I'm very vocal on there and I always try to be transparent, you know, like just yeah. this is where God has me. This is and never being ashamed of of where I'm where I'm at or where he's taking me. Um, hopefully the Lord is going to open up some more doors, but right now that's where I'm most vocal. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with me today. I appreciate it. Thanks girl. Thanks for listening to Lana send the word. May you be blessed and always be a blessing. Bye. Hey friend, if you loved today's episode or connected with something you heard, it would mean so much if you would take a quick minute and leave me a review and share this podcast so other women can be encouraged along with us and join our sisterhood. Also, don't forget to join our Wellness in the Word community on Facebook, where we are learning the Bible together, praying for each other, and creating new friendships rooted in Christ. I would also love to hear from you, so find me on Facebook and Instagram under Ryan Channel.